Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for The Ringer, people outside The Ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it. It's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, the Bill Simmons podcast. Check it out on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Save us, Jesus! <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome back to Writer's House on Ring RFC. Hope you're all safe and well. Today, we're going to touch on a couple of signings like Gabriel Jesus and Calvin Phillips before looking ahead to the women's Euros. And my guests are Jeanette Kwashi and Flo Lloyd Hughes. What's happening, ladies? I'm with the ladies this morning. You are. Ladies crew. How's everything going? Is everything cool with everybody? We're good, man. Flo, I haven't seen you for ages, but like I talked to you on the radio. Like, what's that about? Yes, I didn't know it was going to be you. And then it was just like, and uh, Jeanette. And then I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And then you know what? You know what, right? Like, we then have to pretend like we're being mad professional. When I'm one of saying, yes. like, hey, babe, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because it's always like I have to pretend that I've never met Jeanette before. It's like, oh, yeah, great to chat with you. Thanks so much. It's really strange like, Flo, because it's, even when we like Jeanette, when we meet like um us like we the women's game or Flo when we go to the Premier League with me, it's always very kind of like just down. calm in it. Yeah, right. How are you? Really polite. Yeah, okay. Everyone's really yeah. nice. I don't know. No, we're full of rascal and bumblecloud. Really. <laughs> right. We're going to go straight into the transfer with um Gabriel Jesus. It's um, um you know Dundee. something when we when we first got linked with him mm. I just thought oh here we go we're just getting linked to people it's not going to happen and then you're feeling yeah, okay Erlen Haaland's coming so he's going to go somewhere can we get him is he going to is he going to come to us with Europa League no, no Champions League can we get Jesus and I started to think about what he brings and what he can do and I was thinking he's perfect he fits he's perfect for what we yeah he's perfect he fits and it's interesting because obviously Arteta knows him from his City days, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's the thing Arteta's talked about and known him so well. So that must have been a big draw for him to be able to come along and know that he's working with someone like Arteta. And I, I wonder what, what Arteta's promised him or what 
they they believe the system that he's going to be part of. Nah, I don't think they've pr- promised him anything. He's going to play. And I think that it, for, for him to come to our place knowing that he's our main man, he's like seeing a player ready to be number one, go to a club that want him to be number one, it's got to be a, a massive kind of like incentive for him because he is going to play every week. And remember when he was in Brazil, from Palmeiras, when he went to, they signed him as that number nine. He was a beast of a goal scorer. Mm. Unbelievable amount of goals. And when he went to City, all of a sudden we're starting to say, oh, is he, a, is, he a, is he a clinical finisher? Isn't he? But he's not playing regularly enough for me. He won't play, Flo, I don't know what you think, Flo, but he won't play regularly enough to be in there to go, bam, I'm, this, this is what I do. And yeah. even now people are still saying, well, what's his best position? Yeah. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you. He, say, he, says he's, he says he's a number nine, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Because of the way that Pep uses his squad and that rotation, he's had to really adapt in the last like nine months or so because he's been playing out wide and doing quite yeah. well, actually, in that role. Um, that's how he plays it's gonna be Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how he's then thrown back into it looking like he's probably going to play a number nine at Arsenal and then having to play more centrally again because I think he looks quite good out-wise. Because like, if we're looking at Salah and Son sharing the golden boot from wide and we're seeing how Gabriel Jesus, you know, he will play more regularly and hopefully he'll score more goals. You don't need to be in there in the middle as that number nine scoring loads and loads of goals to win the golden boot. You could do it from the wing. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is what, this is what I'm, th- I'm thinking... Eddie's got a great, a massive role to play now, but Jesus, is he coming off, off of one of the wings now? So then what happens to, so then what happens to Gabriel Martinelli? What happens to, to Emil Smith-Rowe? So those are, all these things I think is needed mm-hmm. at our club. All that kind of intense rivalry of quality players, because everybody's got to step up because we've got to do, you know, we're looking at Tottenham. You know what I mean? Don't know what's going to happen with Chelsea. Look at the Tottenham. We don't know what's going to happen with Man United. How they're going to come out of the traps with Ten Hag. We know that Liverpool are going to be what they're going to be and we know that City are going to be what they're going to be. So we need a squad. And Liverpool with Salah as well. Liverpool yeah. still yes. with Mohamed Salah. Yes. That is... You know what I mean? So can I, can I ask That's a question big. then, right? You know when like, mm-hmm. when you played and you genuinely knew that your, you within yourself felt your position was elsewhere to what the manager would think. How do you manage that? Like, how do you then turn around and say, okay, well, I want to play in this position. And how do you stop the frustration or the rut sitting? Well, the be? thing is, is that with me, I was, I was always where I was playing, up the centre. But you could see yeah. players who, especially, you know, when they're playing in positions where they knew that it wasn't their position, yeah. but they're in the team. You know, they, they're, they're not happy about it, but they get the job done. So even when you win, you see a player who's not really happy with his position. If he's a midfielder, he's have to play right back, or if he's a right, have to play centre half. They're not comfortable in their position because they don't feel at their best in that position. As a front man, I think it's different for front men because as long as you're getting the opportunity to create and score and do stuff, you kind of get on with it. But I wouldn't want to do that simply because I don't want people to still be saying after what, five, six years we're looking at Gabriel Jesus, what's his, what's his number one position? I know that football's changing with where the goals are coming from now. We're seeing it from the wings. People are winning golden boots are winging it from coming from like, wingers mm. coming inside and scoring goals but like the, the question sorry to, to, I'm not very enough the question but because it never happened to me yeah. I've only seen players playing teams where they're not in the position they want to be in but they're in the team and they get on with it and even when you win they're kind of not happy they're not happy yeah but I think that you go somewhere like Man City with Pep Pep's doing what he's doing he, he's playing you where you have to and sometimes you're not going to play then you're going to come in then you're not going to come 
So I, I would find it very, very difficult to play in that team because obviously I played at a different time where if you played and you scored, you played. Yep. You played the next week. So you're playing to play next week. Yep. But whereas mm. now, you know, Jesus, somebody who should be, he should have so many more games under his belt now, but he's mm. playing at Man City. And so... The only it, thing I would say though is that it's good for competition for places having that, having that sort of like um, everyone is up for rotation mentality mm. because... The yeah. worst bits of a of a squad and a group is when there's no competition for places and everyone knows that they can just coast and they're still going to get picked. And I feel like yes. Arsenal have suffered from that. We Manchester that United, mm. Manchester United have definitely suffered from that. So many big teams have suffered from that. So I wonder how Jesus will get on when he's the starting one all the time and whether that will actually yeah. negatively impact his game. I don't know. I I I, I hope it don't because I, I remember going to the training ground. And I had a, I had a meeting with um, with Edu and and Mikel and we was just talking about stuff and they was talking about how the way that Arsenal are now building what they're doing with the young players with the excitement of what's going on with a young manager the fact that remember how much shit that Edu was taking because they said oh he's come from Brazil doesn't even know this job and then you look at the windows that they've been involved in and the players that they've brought in and how. The team kind of got themselves somewhere, but they just they got themselves in that fourth, but they couldn't quite see it off. They're they're ready. But and players, what they said to definitely. me was agents and people out there are now looking at Arsenal and like what Arsenal are doing. I believe that if we did get into the Champions League, we probably would have signed yep. even more, even a higher caliber of players. Not saying that look, the ones we've got now are not high caliber. Absolutely, because what they're saying is now. Edu hasn't got to go to people and try and convince and, and say, Arsenal are going to do this. And Arsenal, they can see it now. So agents want to put their players in Arsenal now because they know that it's a progressive, big club on its way back. Your player could come here and make a massive difference. And so they've got people banging on the door. So that signing is, is an amazing signing for me in respect of what we're trying to do. Now, it depends on how it all gels together. But if we, can, if we can get in amongst it, because I feel Tottenham are going to cause problems, bro. <laughs> <laughs> to cover, They've, had cause problems. They've had Man, a good summer. They've had a good summer. You can't, yeah, you they can't are. not be jealous of that summer, bro. Especially coming from no, the yeah, other side of North me. London. They're trust frightening me, man. trust me. They're frightening, man. I've got Arsenal fans who are trying <laughs> no, to... No, but you can't, you can't admit that, though, Unks. You can't no, but admit the thing that. Is, it's only because... <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, you know, is that with what we're doing, I'm, I'm, I'm getting everything that we're doing at Arsenal and I'm, yeah, I'm kind of putting on as my armour. Yeah, but we've done this. We've got that. We've got Vieira. We've got two number 10s now. And, then we're do- and we're still trying for Tielemans. And we've got Gabriel Jesus. So you're trying to arm yourself because the Tottenham fans are saying, yeah, well, kind of got Basuma now. You know, we've got Richarlison. We've got Kane. You know, Benton Core's going to kick in. You know, we've seen what Romero's about. You know what I mean? I don't know what he's going to do in respect of another centre-off. I don't know, but when you look at how Tottenham can flex when they're doing it under this manager, it kind of makes me feel a little bit like... A nervous. Rascal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we, I, I think we need, to get, we, we need to get back into that fifth, fourth, fighting for that all season. And yeah, then we need to finish that off. Yeah, yeah, I think we need to finish properly. that off. And just, and, and just be solid and be solid in that position as well. Because it was just, towards the end of the season, it was just, why? The anxiety that everybody was feeling, up, down, inside out. It was just like, come on guys, just be solid mm. and let's just finish strong. And then we just, we, we fell, fell off. Because I didn't think we had the experience. We didn't have the, we didn't have the quality. Yeah, we fell off. We've got to talk a little bit about 
my guy Calvin Phillips. Um, and I've got to say, we're, we're not going to go too deep into it because I think the Stadio boys are going to be doing some, some transfer stuff. So we're going to leave that to them. But can I just say with um, Calvin Phillips and players that you just love and like, um, and I, done, I, I remember doing, um, I went up, to, went up to Leeds to do a, a, a kind of a, an interview with him. I remember did, did that. Sit, it was so lovely yeah, as well. Yeah. It was so sweet. And it's funny because like me, me and Roscoe was there. We took um, loads of pictures of us walking. And so sometimes I go through the yeah. phone and I see them and I can't delete any. I can't delete any of them. So it's so sweet. And it's funny because I bumped into his mum the other day and obviously they were getting ready to, they were getting ready to sign and um, for City and you know, it was get, getting done and sent him a message. But like, yeah. I'm so pleased for him because when you hear he's, he's, um, the way he's come through Leeds and how he was so close to not quite getting there because there's other players, you know, who, mm-hmm. were, who were really good um, around him in the same position, but Bielsa changed him from the kind of number 10 to the holding midfielder. He was in and out of teams. He was taken off, uh, taken off early in games sometimes, but he still blasted himself through to become one of the best players in the championship and came to the Premier League. Then he's got himself into the England squad. Now he's got his move. And I just, I just, it's just one of those moves that, you know, do you feel I like, just pray that it works for him. I just want him to do well. Do you feel like someone with like a Calvin Phillips that when I was speaking to some Leeds fans, they feel like they, they didn't get enough for him. Do you feel like he's gone for the right kind of money? Um, Flo's, Flo's like, mm, not sure. Like Leeds uh, fans are like, no, nah, he should be I, a I, lot I can more. Under- I can understand because I've been in that position, for example, with Abir Eze when he left QPR. Mm. And you always think a player like that, your star yeah. man, yeah. is going to yeah. be worth loads more. And I think the way that the market is right now, I mm. think um, it's not, it, like lots of people are spending money, but the, the, the numbers have gone down a little bit in terms of like, individual transfer fees yeah. apart from like the Lukaku and the Erlen Haaland and things like yeah. that there I don't think there's such an inflation across the board so I think it's leveled out a little bit in that respect I think people are kind of getting a little bit wiser mm. with their money and also the last what ever since the Euros he had quite an injury prone yeah, um, yeah. season with Leeds I think that maybe he that did. impacted a little bit as well mm. I think if they'd sold him after the Euros they could have maybe got another like 10 15, 20 million on that, on that You know, number. I think though, what, yeah. just, just with them feeling like you saying that about um, Eze, like, you know, it's the same with the Leeds fans. The main thing is, is that they've realised we have to let him go. So you, you're going you're gonna to feel like there's going to be a, there's going to be something in them that's going to say, we want as much as we can get. Because I think even if they got another 10 million, they'd still think that we, we needed more because he's so good. They've seen him for so long yeah. and they love him so much. But the main thing is, they're happy that he's going. They're obviously delighted he's not gone to, to, to United. Um, I'm, just, I, I'm pleased that he's going to a club where they need that guy. They need him to be playing like he is. And if you meet Calvin, if you see him, you know, he is so, he's so calm. Yeah. You know, he's, he's so level-headed and calm and he's, he's, got, he's got so much ability that you feel that he's going to go into that play and it's, it's not going to take him long to be absolutely the governor in there. He's going to be the governor I think governor he's going to fit in really yeah, well. Absolutely. I think he, it's, it's good news for England too. I think it's going to elevate him to a whole nother level. Yeah. A whole nother level. I think you're absolutely bang on with the injury stuff about him. That's, that's maybe why, yeah. Jeanette, why they were saying... He didn't get the money. Yeah, I think so, Joe. Go on, Flo. I think, I think it's going to be good for him though as well, actually, because like we were saying with Gabriel Jesus is that he's going into an environment where I think there's going to be... No, I'm not saying the Leeds 
like the the setup doesn't understand injury, but we know that the Bielsa style, mm. the 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 mentality and the physical aspect of his game is brutal on on his squad, and right? Players, yeah. And I feel like what will be good about his time with Guardiola is that. That I think there'll be a little bit more patience and understanding when he needs to be rotated, that he's not going to have to um, destroy himself mm-hmm. uh, for an entire season yeah. in order to be the one sole you know, engine guy. room yeah. within that midfield. Yeah. And I think England will benefit as a result. And I think that's probably good for him yeah. as well. Because his game, yeah. If you already see, somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, if you already mm. see your body deteriorating a little bit, I mean, I'm on the I think podcast with two athletes, that's, mm. that's hard. I think technically but the yeah, world, Jeanette, sorry, is... is um, what he's going to learn from Pep and learn about that position, I'm really excited to see to, to see that for him because obviously he was constantly fighting fires and putting them out um, with leads and being like the strain on him was a lot. But I think that with City and the way that tactically and, and, and um, positionally, what he's going to start learning about that position, mm. like you say, I think we're going, everybody's going to benefit. I think, like, go on, Jeanette, he's going to say something. Go on. Yeah, do you know what? I just feel with someone like him, like you say, Flo, it's a really good concept to be able to understand that if you walk into a team like a, a Manchester City and then you've got the relief of other star players, like you say, you don't have to constantly be the guy yeah. that's stepping up all the time. You're walking in with fresher legs. So you might see a completely different footballer altogether because I can only imagine actually when you're the star player of a team, especially a team that's struggling, the amount of mental pressure as well that's coming your way that you're constantly having to carry the team week in week Tell out and, and especially a team like Leeds where it's so intense under a guy like Bielsa as well at the time it must have been so you know, much the thing is, you know, to a, constantly do that you make that. a great point simply because you don't I didn't even realise that when I left Palace obviously a lot was revolving around me at Palace me and, and, and Mark mm-hmm. Bright at Palace but um, it's only when I went to Arsenal and made runs doing stuff the ball weren't coming because other players are there and I remember John Hollins a great John Hollins he said to me when, you're, when you go to a team with better players you make runs, but there's other good players who are making runs as well, and there's more options. And that's when I realised how much I was doing at Palace. Because, like, I made the run, I got the ball. If I wanted, I got the ball. And then when you go to a, a, a bigger club with better players, different kind of mentality, different ambition in respect of what you've got to achieve, um, you soon realise that you have to fit into that. I think this is yeah. what... Jack Grealish is probably dealing with now. It's n- nothing's going to change in that respect. When you come from a, a club like Villa, like Mahrez leaving a club like Leicester's the main man, going to City, we saw how long that took him. Took him a little while to get himself going. Grealish going there. You know, I'm interested to see what happens with Haaland, simply because mm. we're seeing with the number nine, apart from Harry Kane, it's kind of like, it's, it's tough out there for them because like we're saying, it's the wingers now who's scoring the goals. So I really can't wait to see how they're going to use Haaland because we saw with Lukaku if you don't play right to him and the team's drop back deep where's the space is he going to run into is he going to be the one that they're going to be squaring the ball in there for is he already going to be standing in there which I don't see him doing a lot when you look at Haaland's goals he's getting onto them getting past people bam and scoring so you're hoping that they're going to are they going to not hoping you're, you're, you're wondering are City going to change anything I can't see City changing the way they play for Haaland, nope. because when you look at his goals, he's running through and blasting through. City don't do that. And, we, and what we've seen with, with Grealish is, Grealish gets the ball when he was at Villa. You know, teams are attacking Villa. Teams are not attacking City mm-hmm. like that. So he's able to stay out of it, right? And then the ball goes to him, bam, he's got oceans of space. I remember a goal. He's got space yeah, to I move. I remember a goal man. he scored, um, he's set up for someone when 
Villa played Tottenham in their first season up, he ran at like 60 yards. That's not happening for him when he's at City. And so I'm interested yeah. to see with Haaland how that's going to work because we're talking about a goal machine. So again, you know, going from, obviously speak with, gone from Calvin Phillips, I feel that like he's just going to fit in beautifully. I'm interested to see how Erlen Haaland's going to fit into that team because let's face it, what we saw with Lukaku in respect of being the missing piece, I'm so excited to see if Haaland is the missing piece that finally gets City to the Champions League and winning League. it. Yeah. Guys, this City squad's frightening, Scary. you know. Am I going to lie? Like I say, fingers crossed for Calvin. You know, we'll see how it goes for Erlen Haaland because I'm just pleased to see such a, a monster come to the Premier League. But and we'll see how that goes. But Jeanette, you've got to leave us, I'm hearing. I mean, I've got to go, but also, you see, um, Gabriel um, Jesus, can we just call him Jesus? Jesus. Can we say, Jesus, take the wheel? Can we just say that? Like, take the wheel! (laughs) Take it for us, please! You know what? Can I just say something? I just want Jesus to save us, man. Save us, Jesus! (laughs) Save us, Jesus! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I've got to go. We'll see you soon. See you soon, guys. Bye. 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 Flo, I'm so excited about the Euros. How how are you feeling about everything? Um, I I love the build-up. You know what I love? I love seeing the girls, seeing them the other day, going shopping, doing the stuff, seeing the amount of, like, billboards. it's, it's, It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And now we're here. What are you thinking? How are you feeling about the whole thing? I'm really excited, but I... I feel like outside of our little bubble, outside of the bubble who of people who follow the women's game, who work in the women's game, who who are just tuned into it, I feel like so many people don't know that a, a Euros is happening and it's starting on Wednesday. And they don't know it's here. I say it to people and they say, where is it? I say, it's yeah, here. Yeah. There are so many people I've spoken to over the last week, people I've interviewed for content who play women's football and just said to me, oh, um, I don't actually watch women's football. I don't oh, actually know Jesus any of the players. Christ. I don't even know there's a tournament happening next week. And I was like, what? Uh, but people who so don't much. even know what day the game was, what what time it's starting, where it's being played. So even though I think in our communities and with all the people we follow on social media and all that kind of stuff and seeing these billboards and these project- projections and mm. everything has been amazing... I feel like in the national media and in the national consciousness, there's not much going on. But I think that will build as it continues as, and hopefully well, as England do well as well. Yeah, but that's what happens, Flo. It's like even yeah. with the men's, it, when, when the men's, when we're having a tournament with the men's, what happens is, is that everybody's so negative because they, they, they kind of have it as a safety blanket. Oh, yeah, well, I knew they wouldn't do well anyway. So they say, yeah, I'm not really interested. If the ladies start and they start well, Bam, it would go to another level. It would go to another level of intensity in respect to people watching it. That's how it works. I've got no problem with people being like that, but I have had some people saying, well, where, where is it? I said, it's here. It's here. It's in this country. You know what I mean? And you have to tell And then people, you know, I said to people, oh, um, I'll be doing like, you know, podcasts or whatever with them. I'll say, oh, are, are you going, going to any games? And they say, oh, no, I didn't actually, didn't actually try and get any tickets. And I'm like... Mm. Like, come on, come on. Maybe, not, maybe, maybe we need to get this one done. Yeah. Because let me tell you something. When you go to the, the England women's games, it's an amazing atmosphere. The, 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 the kids and everybody, they're so supportive. You know, you've got the girls, once the game's finished, they all go round and they clap everyone. They take photos of little girls and everything like that. It's all a beautiful thing. And they're doing all the, all the right stuff. And I think 
that they're under a little bit of pressure to make sure that they do well in this tournament. Obviously, it being at home, and I think they will. I genuinely think they will. Obviously, there's, um, there's worries in, for me in the midfield, but you know, we'll go on to that. But the fact is, is that people will jump on when it gets going. You know, when, like, let's, for instance, if Lauren Hemp's, like, starts killing it and doing unbelievable stuff, you know, if someone like a, a young Alessia Russo, if, if Alessia Russo starts scoring, I'm sure she won't start, but if she comes off the bench and does well, Beth Mead, you know, if Chloe Kelly's flight starts flying, then what happens is, is that people buy into it and then all of a sudden they're in and then, bam, it goes to another level. And that's what I'm hoping will happen. But at the same time, for this team's sake, I just hope they start well. I hope they start well. I don't want to be under pressure early doors, you know? Yeah, same. And I think there is so much expectation and pressure. Mm. And I think I'm just hoping they kind of feel their way into it mm. rather than it all becoming a little bit too overwhelming. I think if they do start off well, then it gives them the chance to just continue to build on that rather mm. than it being from the off, like, oh, there was so much hype around this team and, and they can't deliver because yeah. I, I, I think they can deliver. And, and you know, I people talking about how easy the games were. Yeah, and how yeah. easy the games were. You can, you can only beat what's in front of you. I think Serena's done brilliantly the way that she's rotated the teams because we're talking about a manager who knows how to win this tournament and she won this tournament with a very select team. She didn't change it a lot. She's done a lot of change. And what we've got, what we've got, and she's done a lot of changes with this team, is we've got so, so much depth. We've got so much off the bench. You know, she could change the whole, she could change the whole thing. And then people say, oh, well, if she had to change it like that half time, did she get it wrong in the first place? No. When you've got that much depth on the bench and you can bring on, you know, Ella Toon, you know, George, if, whether it's George Stanwood, Frank Kirby, whoever it is, you can bring on two number 10s, have a number six, and then you can really put pressure on a team. Close teams down. That's what I think we should do to Austria. That's what we should do to Austria because they're going to try and play out. And I, as much as I know our goalkeeper, you know, Zinsberg is our goalkeeper in that. Crosses. Crosses. Put her under pressure. Put her under pressure. Get crosses in. But, you know, it's like I said, I'm very excited. Um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think, is Leah going to play centre-half? What do you that's think? The, that's the that's the million dollar question, a, isn't it? Because mm, um, there's been so much. Off. You think player centre off? I, because, I would, uh, yeah. But then the problem is you having the bright Greenwood partnership with someone that's left footed in a left centre back role. Play Alex left back, and then not have Rachel Daly in a kind of more. Well, this is I'm gutted because fullback. I love Rachel Daly there because she not only gives us a lot of attacking, but like she, she's a goal threat, and yeah. and then you got Alex Greenwood. We need Alex because of, of her set pieces. Yeah. So it's a then, massive problem I, I do, for I do, Serena. I do, I do think that putting Leah in midfield doesn't really utilise her to the best of her ability. And no, I also think having, yeah. I also think having Walsh and Williamson sitting in front of that back line is too negative. It's too negative, mm. especially for. Do we need two most of them the group? There? No, exactly. I think I mo mm. most most of the group games I don't think require that much that, cover that although much cover. Williamson pushes right up and, and gets it's involved the in attacks is, the yeah, but, but Flo the problem is is that Serena is obviously fearful of pace mm. at the back because you look at Millie Millie Brighton and, and Alex we're not talking about blistering pace um, so she wants Leah in and around there now I would probably depending on the opposition I would probably play Leah Center half because she can still her passing from center half is much better than her passing in midfield. She hasn't got the same time in midfield. She's got the time to look up. She hasn't got players hounding her like she has in midfield, which she has to get used to. Her as a number six is fine, but her as a number eight trying to get into areas where t players 
are going to be on her and she will be targeted, especially Austria. Austria will be very, very um, targeted. They will target certain people. They will target probably Kira Walsh. They will target. And if Leah played in midfield, they'll probably target her as well to try and put pressure on her. You know, so those are the things that she has. I would play Leah at the back and I'd play Kira and maybe Georgia Stanway as a, an eight and either Ella Toon or Frank Kirby as a 10. I'd play one with, with, with two and, you know, give one of them the, maybe the responsibility of doing that box-to-box stuff. You know what? If that's okay, I'd even, I'd even, I'd even, why not Jill Scott? Mm. Why not? She did it against Spain. I don't know if she's, yeah. I don't know if she's really fully fit yet, but I think, I think she can, if she, if she is, she can, she can definitely do the job well. But the question is Ellen White, because Alicia Russo mm. did a good job on I Friday. I thought she was brilliant. And you know what? She is, I, I thought she was very good when she came on against the Netherlands. I'm, I'm massive, a massive Alessia Russo fan. Massive. Um, I think that she probably is more suited to the way we play with our wingers, being so direct and so good at getting the ball in there. She stays in there rather than Beth England, who, with her Chelsea fluidity, moving all over the place because that's how Chelsea are. You know what I mean? She might be better impacting off the bench, but like I think give Alessia the... the, the, the the, the game time, I think she can do it. I really, really do because I think she gives us more than Ellen. Mm. I'm totally honest. I yeah, think. but she can do it. But will will Wiegmann put her there? That's the real question. Well, the I, thing is, I she probably going to start with Ellen simply because of, she has to start with her, and she's got the she's got the pedigree. We have to give her that. She's earned that. But like, I believe that if it's not happening, if it's not happening, then bring her on. And the sooner you could do that, like whether it's the first game or whatever it is, the more she'll realize. I'm going to go and step up now. She needs to understand that she's the one that she, she can go up and step up now, Russo. So fingers crossed because we can make chances. Who's your, who do you, who'd you fancy in it? Who's your, who's your teams? So obviously I, I, I fancy England. I think they have a very good chance. I think they have very realistic chance. It's not just getting overexcited and getting silly. I think they have a mm-hmm. really good chance. Of course they do. Um, the squad. Jesus, of yeah, the, the depth, the depth is, is ridiculous. Um, but my next shot and probably who is I think still the bookies favourite is Sweden. Sweden man. They're going they're going to they're going under the radar here, you know. They have people the, are not talking about them. They've got everything. They have depth. That's what Emma Emma Hayes was saying, oh my God, Sweden. She said no we're not hearing enough. The squad much like England is is ridiculous. they they're yeah. so well balanced from mm. goalkeeper in Hedvig Hedvig Lundahl mm. to Black Stenius and Hertig yeah. and Ashlani at the top of the pitch mm. to Frilly Rolfo on the left hand side. Rolfo, They've see. got Hannah Glass pretend, who can play at right back. They've got Magdalene Eriksson at centre back. They've got so much versatility. Hannah Benison, young, exciting talent. Mm. They've got it all, and and I know I've spoken to people about this. who say, "Oh, well, England have just much, just as much tournament pedigree as Sweden to an extent." But England haven't got to a major final since mm. two thousand nine. Sweden got to final of twenty sixteen Olympic Games mm. and the final of t- Tokyo twenty twenty. So they are they feels like one step ahead of England in that kind of tournament success, and then you know, gave England an absolute lesson in France in 2019 in that third place playoff that um, Phil Neville came out afterwards saying, well, no one cares about those matches anyway. I mean, Sweden cared. Sweden, Sweden cared enough yeah, to spank Sweden. your team. So, yeah, yeah so they're Norway, the ones I'm scared of. Norway, France, Spain? Um, Norway, I think, are definitely going to be England's biggest threat in that group. 
Um, I think Hegerberg coming back as well has just transformed that team. Um, And I think she's already got like four goals in just a couple of games being back. Mm. Caroline Gray and Hampson, fantastic Mm. player. Gura Wrighton, I know a favourite of yours, coming off the back of a sensational season. Season, Um, I think they're in like the medium category for me. You've got like England, Sweden at the top group. And then I think you've got, the, we got France, Germany, France, Spain, yeah. maybe just behind, and yeah, then in, another yeah. subgroup, which is like Denmark, mm. Norway. Yeah, but in Holland France, Toto. I know. Renard. I know. You, you know what? what I mean? This tournament, this tournament mm. is going to be a good tournament for you because this is going to be a tournament with brilliant goals. Think about yeah. all the goal scorers and attacking players that are going to be in this tournament. It's it's like probably the best there's ever been in terms mm. of. You could the, the number of goal scorers you can just reel off. But it's going to be such a good tournament for those sorts of players. I'm, I'm looking. I've, I think this is why. So I think that um, it's going to catch light pretty sharpish this this tournament because I think from the off, it's going to be um, it's going to be exciting because I think that you're going into a tournament where you know France, England, Spain, Sweden, Norway. You know what I mean? I think they've all got to think yes. Yes, we, we're going for this. We should be. You know, Spain, again, no out-and-out goal scorer. Mosa's injured. You know what I mean? So you think to yourself, oh, my gosh, where are they going to get the goals from? But at the same time, you know, from a, from a creative point of view, they are going to cause a lot of problems. But are they going to be able to score the goals? Are they going to be able I, to score I, the I goals? I don't know, because sure. I just don't think. I mean, we watched them in the Arnold Clark Cup. Yeah. Um, and I've seen They're them. They're a bit tepid. I yeah. thought they were a little bit like. Mm. They just don't create a lot of chances. Yeah, but I got the impression as well they weren't really going for it enough in that. Mm. I didn't see enough. I didn't see enough um, from them where. And this is why I was saying I was pleased that Alessia Russo started that game just so as you could see, okay, because you have to try and get, play, mm. play up against Mappa Leon, see what that's about. You have to feel. That, that level of quality. Yeah. So I was quite pleased that she started in that game. She didn't have a great game, but she'll know. Mm. She'll know now. And what I've seen from her against the Netherlands and, and against, um, who was it, Belgium, is that she's something, she kind of started to put herself about. And that's what she's got to do. She's got to, you know, you play against Spain, you play against Renard, any of them. If you get up against any of them, put yourself about in the way you play your game. Give them a problem. You know, so then we've got wingers who can get it in there. So you just stay in and around it. But I just feel that her exuberance and her youth and her determination, I think that she could get a couple of goals early. I'm really feeling, you know what I mean? Bam. But like, I, I'm going to go with you with Sweden. I'm going to go Sweden. I, think I also Sweden think be why, why England and Sweden are the total package as well is because they've both got very good coaches and Serena Bingham and Peter Goodhardson. Mm. Goodhardson's been there a lot longer than, than, um, than Wiegmann, but there's already, you can see a massive bond between the squad and their coaches. Mm. They trust their coaches. They believe in their coaches. Their coaches are, are good people uh, mm. and are, have very good, you know, knowledge of the game, tactics, good at reading the game, good at implementing changes. So that's why I think they are, you know, head and shoulders outliers as, as favourites. Because then when you look down at all the other clubs or the other teams, sorry, mm. you've got Spain with a, a coach that the fans don't really like because they think he makes the wrong decisions. He's mm. also made some kind of questionable decisions in terms of team selection. You've got Karine Diacra, the French coach, who is just constantly surrounded by drama and, you know, <laughs> not picking some of her better players because she's fallen out of them, whatever. Mark Parsons, who's gone to Holland and, and struggled since 
since trying to fill Serena Vigman's uh, very big boots. Yeah. So he's still I feel got like, Serena's team. He's literally yeah, still got a team, isn't he? I feel like England and Sweden could really cash in on this because so many other teams are just struggling to find the perfect formula of what it takes mm. to have everything right for a major right, tournament. At the right time, yeah. And it's so tough to get that going. And one thing I would say with Serena is the calmness. Mm. I, I think people, they, they don't, they don't realise and underestimate how looking at your manager and seeing how calm your manager is and how the fact that she's been there, you know. Oh, it's, Did you even ever work with any calm managers? I feel like none of your... Oh, Arsene Wenger's pretty calm. It's, Arsene Wenger's amazingly calm. You know who else is calm? Steve Copper was calm. Really? He's quite a quiet yeah, guy, isn't he? So. Yeah, he was very calm. I, the only time I really saw him flustered, Flo, is when I first got there. And remember, he was like 34 at the time, and you had Jim Cannon, Mickey Droy, George Wood, who were older than him. And, you know, they were doing that senior pro kind of like undermining of him, which was really quite embarrassing sometimes. And so you could see him, like when he was getting ready to do his, his kind of team talk, like whether it's half time on this and that, they were still getting up and doing like, you know, doing stuff. And while he was trying to talk and you could see like, you know, just being disrespectful. So I saw how he dealt with that. And then afterwards, once he got rid of him, because he got rid of him very, very quick, pretty quickly, um, he was calm. He never, he, never, he never really got upset with players. Um, but like we had Alan Smith, who was the, the, like these underboss and kind of like his assistant. So he would be absolutely slaughtering people up in their faces. And the same when we went to Arsenal with George Graham and Pat Rice. And it was like something that's just, you, you have to do. It's just like mm. par for the course. Like, just slaughter them, even when they're winning. I think I've said it on this podcast before. Even when you're winning, you come in and you're still coming in nervous. Like, oh God, what's he going to, I'm not going to make eye contact with him because he's going to pick on me. Because they don't, rather than, rather than say, brilliant, like Arsene Wenger would. Brilliant. You lot are playing exactly like we wanted you to play. Keep doing it. Keep feeling confident. Keep enjoying the game. Whereas George Graham would come in and he would hammer people. You know what I mean? So it's more the beating of the stick. But like Serena, what I've seen with her, all the players are Google-eyed looking at her when she's speaking or whatever she's mm. got to say and everything what she's saying because they know that she's been there, she's trodden the boards, so she knows what she's doing. And that, for me, like you rightly say, has to stand us in good stead in respects of keeping that team's feet on the ground in their own country mm. in this tournament. It's and, like, it's so also, brilliantly you, you, poised for her. You know as well how the media... Um, the media kind of reacts to England teams and we've seen it more with the women's team as well. Like there's a pressure. We saw it with Phil Neville in the last world cup and towards yeah. the end of his tenure, when he was accusing the media of trying to get him sacked, he was, he was yeah. accusing yeah. the media yeah. of trying to, you know, create a narrative. Whereas what I've really appreciated about Serena is she's come in and she's kind of defined her own relationship with the media. Like she's funny. Mm. She's nice, but also she's if she very straightforward if you yeah. if she wants you to shut the hell up, she will tell you. Like in the squad announcement, when everyone kept asking the same questions about Steph, and she said, "This is going to be the last question on Steph because I'm going to say the same answer that I've just said for the last ten minutes," mm. and then just went into it. Yeah. And I appreciate that because she did it in a very matter of fact, straightforward way, which is stop asking me the same question because you're going to get the same answer. Mm. Um, and I think I, I I love her. I think she's brilliant. I think every you know the only she's thing. Great. The only thing what, with, with me with um, with Serena, you can't. There's not many things you can point and say. Oh, that's not. She, that's a bit of a miss. Oh, she shouldn't have done that. Oh, this is a bit. 
she's not done anything mm, wrong mm. apart from for me. So it could flip bringing quite quickly. Steph in. Yeah, bringing Steph in when she's kind of like, when she had every opportunity mm. to not. I, that's the only thing that confused me with the whole of the Steph Houghton like saga. Mm, it's mm. kind of like she brought it on herself because yeah. up until that, up until that, it's been it's been perfect mm. for yeah, me. True. She's she been, could she been could perfect. she could have ended the questions before they even they even yeah, arrived. It's she just could have not stopped even them from bother. even coming. Yeah, it's really interesting to see why she done that. Um, because I, I, I still can't think what the benefits of Steph being there under a new leadership. So you got Millie, so you got Leah Millie, Millie and Ellen White as the new leadership group, and Leah's doing her stuff. And again, I, I, I remember saying to, to people, listen, Leah's come through uh, literally her whole career. She, got, she, she only got into the Arsenal side because Steph, the England captain, was, was, was keeping her out. So once she moved, she got in. And the only reason why Leah didn't get to get into the England squad now is because Steph has been there. But she's had, you know, she's had Faye White, an England captain. You know what I mean? She, she, she's, had, she's had England captains all around her for her whole career at Arsenal. You know, Casey she's learned Stoney. from the best. She's learned from the best. She's, she, she's always got, she's got like Kim Little and Katie McCabe as captains of their country next to her. So people talking about her as, oh yeah, but is she going to have this? She's got, she's, she's mm-hmm. just, she's from the age of 17, she's only had top captains around her. So and also, I found look, that really I mean, strange. Look at her, look at her. If anyone was born to be England captain, it's her. It's, she does Instagram posts about the Queen, for fuck's sake. Obviously, she wants to be England captain. Like, it's in her DNA. So it's to be the there's captain some of England. Pe- there are some people you just see them play football and you say, when that armband comes, they are going to live for every moment. And she mm. is that person. And I don't think she's just... Speaking she's handling in, it well, isn't she? Yeah, in superlatives when she talks about the fact that, you know, this is the most, the proudest moment of her life. I think she generally means that because this is what she's been dreaming of and yeah. she loves it. She thrives yeah, on it. Yeah, but the thing is as well is that what people can't understand why when you listen to women and their stories, when they say stuff, you know, when they say stuff about what this means to them, you've got to understand we're still in, a, they're a generation that can look back and say being a professional footballer wasn't on the menu. It wasn't there. Now, all of a sudden, you know, we've got, we've got, we've got professional women footballers. We've got professionals, the league, and it's only getting stronger. So for them to kick on and do their stuff with this tournament now, it's only going to be better for them, for the game and everything that comes around it. And that's why I'm so excited about the Euros. So what's your, what's your, what's your game? What's your first game, Flo? Um, my go? first game is um, England-Austria or Old Trafford. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm doing Spain-Finland in mm-hmm. Milton Keynes. And then I will see you at England-Norway for the Brighton game. Oh my gosh, I'm so looking forward to England-Norway. You see how it goes. So Flo, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have to say goodbye. Because you know I'm in Germany getting ready to kick it. Yeah, you need to go do some shopping. I'm going to go and do some shopping. <laughs> I'm going to buy every single thing they've got. But I'll speak to... I'll go, I'll, I'll, what size are you again? Like a five or something? You're yeah, a five. I got ti- I'm, I'm a ti- I've got tiny little feet. Okay, so I'm gonna I'll see what I can find for oh, you. Oh, thank you. But take it easy. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Dad. See you You're later. You're the best, Flo. You're the best. Okay, thanks to Jeanette. Thanks to Flo. It's so great to be back. So great to have you guys back in the house. I'm really excited. You know, I know that there's been a lot of football and there's still a lot more football to come. And there's going to be even more football once the season starts. But I just love football. And I'm looking forward to the Euros. Euros should be great. Watch as much as you can, everybody, and support the ladies. And I'll see you soon. We'll go again. Yeah. <laughs>